Should we as Christians cancel church in light of the COVID-19 virus? Interesting question. There's people who have different opinions on it. There's different churches doing different things. And that's what we're going to be talking about today in Christ, Culture, and Coffee. You're not going to want to miss it. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hi, thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm Tyler, here with Robbie. Yep, how's it going, everyone? Glad (laughs) to be back this week. Yeah, it's great, and we are back discussing the church and its response to coronavirus. Yeah, we're going to be talking about, should we continue to meet as a church in light of this virus? Uh, Should we obey the government? When is civil disobedience acceptable biblically? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to be a fun podcast. I'm kind of excited about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're super excited. Uh, It's kind of been a sensitive topic. Uh, Thankfully, a lot of Christians I think are in agreement on this, but yeah, there's uh, some who disagree though. And there are there biblical are. texts on both sides, and so we're going to kind of dissect yes. that today and see, yeah. you know, what does the Bible say about this situation and and in culture? How should we respond to this? So. Yes, and so we're very excited to get into the topic for today. Yeah, it's going to be good. I, I did want to say something. What's that? Uh, we don't have coffee uh, with us today, and that's because we drank it all before we started. That's the true. Show. You're right. So, I just thought about yeah, that. Yeah, that's not a tip, but that's just an yeah, observance. Right. If you're watching like, on YouTube, you know, we don't have here. Let me here. Just pretend there's something. We'll pretend in there. we have coffee mugs now and, and look like we're doing <laughs> Uh, Thank uh, you. But now you know that we have nothing in these mugs. But yeah, I wanted to let you know we're not stopping uh, our consumption of coffee. We just have, I've already consumed enough for the day. So that's that's (laughs) where I'm at. I've had three cups, I think, so far. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, we're good. But we did want to say this is Christ Culture and coffee. And coffee. We still got a coffee tip for you today, though. That's right. Tyler, why don't you go ahead and share that tip with us? Yes, of course. So this is something that's pretty simple, but something that we want to recommend to our listeners Mm -hmm. out there. Uh, And audio and video <laughs> yes. followers. So viewers. everything. Viewers. viewers. There you go. Yeah. That's it. Viewers Subscribers, and hopefully. Yes. And by the way, if you aren't subscribed already, please go ahead and do so. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, go ahead and click the subscribe button. And those of you listening, go on YouTube and subscribe because we want you to be on YouTube with us. Yeah, we'd really appreciate that. Yeah. And so uh, to the coffee tip, um, this is something that's simple, uh, but it's something we want to encourage you guys to be doing. Um, we want you to be using this time of staying in your home as an opportunity to support a local coffee roastery by ordering some coffee and having it delivered to your home. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. Yes. At this time, we can, uh, first of all, trying something new is always fun. Yeah, it is. A lot of people are staying at home. Uh, In Arizona, actually, Mm -hmm. it just came out this week that we had a stay-at-home order from the governor. Yeah, that's correct. And so people are at home. And, um, you know, there's only so much you can do, but to spice Mm -hmm. things up a little bit. Now, again, I don't want you to go crazy and spend a lot of money and go into debt or anything like that. Right, (laughs) right. I mean, Amazon is dangerous at this time. That's true. But um, you should go check out and just Google search some local roasteries and see if they deliver coffee. And then you can try a few new roasts, try a few new roasteries, see what Mm -hmm. you like, see what's around. Well, and on top of that, uh, by you going out and supporting a local roastery, uh, you're helping the economy during this time, too. Because uh, what's definitely hurting right now is small businesses because they're not able to make – that extra gap uh, filled for the economic crisis we're having right now with the lack of business due to coronavirus. So now that's a uh, really good point. Tyler. Yeah, yeah. So by reaching out to some of these local uh, coffee uh, businesses and organizations, you're actually helping out the economy and those local businesses and keeping them afloat. So yeah, absolutely. And and I think that the other thing is typically the the local roasteries have fresher coffee. Yeah, um, it's yeah. usually better. It's right. usually more. It's usually crafted well. It's usually small batches. Mm-hmm. You know, the big coffee giants are roasting these huge batches of coffee. Yeah, because they gotta. I just don't send think it's it as out. good. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can get it if you can get it local. It's obviously fresher. You can drink it uh, in the time span where you should drink coffee and not uh, <laughs> yeah, right. wait until it's expired or wait until it's old. But um, yeah, I think that's a great idea. If you're in the Arizona area, again, we've recommended them before. But Union Coffee on 67th Ave and uh, and um, Thunderbird yeah. is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Like they do really, really good good stuff with their coffee. So I check them out. Make sure you grab a couple of pounds mm-hmm. from them. If you have an opportunity to get their Guatemalan, uh, uh, it's not a blend, their Guatemalan coffee. It is yeah. the best whole bean coffee. Just, yeah, that's that's my favorite. But reach out, look at some roasteries in your area, order from them, and they'll probably, a lot of them deliver right to your door. So you they don't do. have to go out. So that's, that's a good right. tip, Tyler. 
Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah I think that, so, that's great. So make sure you go ahead and do that because, uh, like we said, too, it's just another way you could help uh, the, the economy during this crisis. Yeah, so, there's okay. the tip of the day. Cool. All right, well, let's move into it. Should churches stop meeting during the coronavirus? Should we mm. quarantine? Should we follow these rules about not having mass gatherings? You know, the NBA, the NHL, uh, Major League Baseball, all of these other entities have stopped doing that. And a lot of churches mm. have stopped gathering on Sunday mornings or Saturday nights or whenever they have their, their gatherings. You know? Yes, that's So that, that's what's been going on. But the question we want to ask is, biblically, what do we do? Who do we follow? Do we listen to what God tells us to mm. do? Do we listen to what the government tells us to do? And when we have conflicts like this, how do we resolve it? Yeah. Um, there's an interesting story. Actually, Tyler showed me this. Uh, this past Sunday, yeah, that's right. There was a pastor in Tampa, and at his church, they had services. Yes, that is correct. Um, so th- this was a really interesting story because it starts to get into that fine line of um, uh, what we should be doing in protest to the government versus like submitting and helping out the community. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's kind of a, a touchy subject that a lot of people, um, actually I had several people send me this link. That's how I discovered it. Oh, nice. Um, people were kind of asking me, hey, what are your thoughts on this? And so basically the story um, is in Tampa, Florida, there was a pastor. Um, I believe his name was Howard Brown. Yeah, he, who mm-hmm. was, take, he's 58 years old. He was taken into custody. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what had happened was uh, um, this church had ended up putting on uh, a service mm-hmm. on Sunday, and they had a congregation of over 500 people in attendance. Yeah, which was against the Florida stay-at-home policy. That's yeah, because right I think now. yeah, Tampa or yeah, Florida already had a stay-at-home yes. policy. This was prior to us getting ours in Arizona. It is that is correct. But they had already had theirs. Yeah, because everything's they... obviously on the state level right now. So yeah. this wouldn't happen in Arizona had a pastor done this. But the thing is, is it's it, it's still the thing is is. Um, it's kind of uh, people were asking that question of like, is this persecution because a pastor got arrested for holding church on Sunday with a congregation of 500 people? Yeah. Um, or is the pastor actually doing something wrong here or the church congregation, I should say, in meeting, gathering, in yeah. gathering? Yeah. Yeah. And so they gathered and then he got arrested later. Well, yes. actually, I, I was reading mm-hmm. the story and there were um, uh, local authorities were trying to talk to the church prior to it. And say, mm-hmm. hey, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't I didn't do hear this. about that, but yeah. Yeah, and the church, they just didn't listen. They went ahead with it, and then uh, the pastor got arrested, mm-hmm. uh, taken into custody Monday afternoon. Um, but then he was released 40 minutes later after yes. he posted $500 bail. So a really small charge, you know, not, nothing huge, nothing he couldn't get out of. Right. But arrested for having church on Sunday. Now, this was interesting to me is it said that the church was even offering bus transportation to people. <laughs> For them to come to church. Yeah. And how is, so again, not social distancing in a bus, Mm -mm. not following the no mass gatherings thing, not following the stay at home policy of the state. Um, Now, in response, they said uh, that they had 13 machines that were killing viruses in the building. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Which they, yeah. Yeah. They were saying, didn't they say, I think I read somewhere they said it could shoot down a sneeze or something like that. Yeah, I don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah. And and maybe, let's just say, okay, maybe that's even true, right? Like who who knows, right? But the point is, does the church need to continue meeting or should we obey what the government's saying on the federal level and the state level when it comes to these things? And when, as a church, do we disobey the government on the federal level and the state level? Is there ever a reason that the church, that believers, should uh, go against what the government says? Yeah, so that's what that's we want to look at uh, today in the podcast because uh, this has been an interesting issue. Now, just to be completely honest with you, uh, obviously, I'd like to have church meetings right now. Oh, yeah, like, That'd right. be great. Like, I'm kind of done with being in my house watching it <laughs> online on Sunday mornings. Like, I want to talk with people. I want to hang out. I want to pray with people. I want to hear how they're doing. I'd like to hear other people sing than just myself, you know? Mm. My wife sings great. I, on the other hand, ruin <laughs> the good that's coming out of her mouth. So, but I, I would. I'd like to go mm. back to church. I miss it. Yeah, it's a, it's a little weird when you're just sitting in your home with the, yeah. the whole. I mean, I mean, and it's great that we're still doing that. It's and great I think that it's we're good able that we have to a, at least do that. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. But the 
the thing is, it just it, it doesn't have that natural feel. There's no community, which that's mm-hmm. a big part of church is the the community aspect. Yeah, that's of the right. Meeting. And so taking that away, it doesn't feel right. It's like not the same. Yeah, yeah it, something is missing, mm-hmm. right? Something is missing. And so how do we think about this? Now, in light of, you know, again, I want to go back to church. So I understand what this church was wanting to do. Mm. Did they go about it the right way? Is this how we should all follow suit? What does the Bible say about this? Now, an important scripture that we come to in regards to uh, meeting as a church comes from the book of Hebrews, right? Mm -hmm. Hebrews 10, 25. Well, let's start in 23. Uh, The writer of Hebrews says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let's consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Mm. So not forsaking our assembling together, right? And this gets used a lot for yeah. people who have stopped going to church. You know, somebody will call you up, the church will say, where have you been? Oh, I'm just kind of getting tired and says, listen, as believers, we're supposed to keep meeting together. We're supposed to keep assembling. We're supposed to go to church. Yeah. Right? That's right. That's what it says. So, Tyler, insert COVID-19 into Hebrews 10.25. Yeah. Should we take this mandate and say, no, we're supposed to assemble. We're just supposed to get together. That's the thing. In spite of what's going on in society, in spite of a pandemic. Mm. A lot of Christians say yes to that. Yeah. There, There are. Uh, Well, it seems like the church in Tampa said yes to that, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And I mean... uh, I just know, know too, like this is where people are seeing this as like a touchy subject because this is a fine line between uh, do you follow along with what the government and higher authorities are telling you by not having service and meeting together Mm -hmm. or do you keep like meeting together in community as a church because it's what we're called to do? Yeah. What's the, what's the balance there? That's the question that a lot of people are trying to to tackle right now. Yeah. And it's a difficult one. It is. Yeah. And cause you know, this is such a unique situation in our culture. Like uh, there's never really been anything like this in modern times, I should say. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe not since, you know, and again, I don't, I'm not a 20th century history. Sure. Sure. But you know, I think (laughs) of the, the influenza, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Pandemic epidemic that happened in the early 1900s. Um, you had polio, but again, I don't, I don't know if that was this widespread of a panic at the yeah, time. Yeah, to the point to where people weren't meeting in church and like. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I, I wasn't around there, and I don't sure. know the full details. But still, uh, my point being is this: this is just something that's crazy that doesn't obviously like. Like this is a very weird circumstantial. Uh, point of conflict it is for us as a church yeah, yeah it, it is and so do we obey hebrews mm-hmm. 10 25 yeah like i want to yeah. obey that i want to continue to assemble together i want to get together as the church right but then we also have this other passage in scripture that mm. seems to come into play when we talk about this right and this comes yeah. from how we as christians uh deal with or submit to our governing authorities and this comes from romans chapter 13 uh, and so, Tyler, do you want to read Romans 13? I think we should yes, read, uh, yeah, probably 1 through 10. Yeah, of course. I've got that right here. Uh, so start, again, Romans 13, starting in verse 1, reading through 10, yeah. says, Every person is to be in subjection to the government. Uh, let's see here. Oh, thank you. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. Well, as yeah I start said, over. Yeah. Romans go, 13, yeah. 1. Yeah. As I said, every person is to be in subjection to the government uh, governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those who exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister... It is a minister of God for you, for, to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for consciousness sake. Uh, for because of this, you also pay taxes For rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due to them, tax to whom taxes due, and custom whom custom. 
Fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And I, I think mm. th- I think just those last two <laughs> verses alone are amazing, right? Yeah, that's yeah. great. Uh, it, but yeah, like, like we clearly see here, like that, like the, this other side of it, seeing like how we're supposed to be subject to the law, but also yeah. love your neighbor as yourself, right? Yeah. Well, and 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 so the, that's the question is, I I would guess. Well, and we're gonna get into when we should disobey, but if mm. loving your neighbor and obeying authorities is in conflict, I think the two you should choose is love your neighbor. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. I would agree to that. But he does say live under subjection to those in authority. Why? Because God's put them there. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's interesting what he says is he says, if you're disobeying those in authority, it's not like you're just so disobeying them. You're disobeying God. Yes, that's what it says. Right? And that's, that's, I think that that's kind of a, kind of a big deal, right? Resisting yeah. the ordinance of God, and then you receive condemnation on yourself. So this is a big deal. So, okay, yeah. we have one passage of scripture, Romans 13, telling us obey civil authorities. God's placed them there. If you disobey them, you're disobeying God, and you're bringing condemnation on yourself. Mm-hmm. And then we have another passage of scripture, Hebrews ten twenty five. Don't stop meeting together. Mm. Yeah, Tyler, we have a weird situation <laughs> going on right now. COVID nineteen has yeah. infiltrated us, and we can't do both of these things right now. It, yeah, it's not possible to do both in the practical sense that we're reading right now. Yeah. Right, but but so. Reading these passages and knowing what they say, understanding the context, how do we apply this cultural situation? Yeah. Like, I mean, how do we apply the well, text to I this think, situation? I think we can gain some insight when we look at um, the people of God in the past mm-hmm. who've disobeyed government. Yeah. All right? That's fair. And, and I think the best examples come from the biblical text itself. Because we can look at examples through history, and then we have our opinions on what they did right, what they did wrong. But when we have good examples mentioned in Scripture, um, I think that that gives us kind of God's view (laughs) of how to go about these things, right? (laughs) I like that, yeah. So, okay, one of the examples I think is fascinating, especially considering um, our our scenario today, Mm. is in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 6. Now, let's give a little history of what happened here. So um, in 586, uh, Daniel got um, uh, the, 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 the nation of Israel actually started getting deported mm-hmm. to Babylon. Um, and uh, Daniel got taken up there because he was probably um, more prestigious, richer. He was, he was part of the, the palace court. Um, so he gets taken uh, and abducted and taken to, to, to Babylon. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of stories about him and his interactions with Nebuchadnezzar and interpreting dreams and things like that. Well, what happened is uh, the Medes and Persians came in and they took over the Babylonian Empire. Mm. Now the Persian Empire is the big deal. Yeah, right. right. Okay. So when the Persian Empire took over, Darius becomes king of the empire. He, he was the Mede-Persian king. All right. Yeah. So that's how chapter five ends. Darius came in and took over the empire. Mm-hmm. Chapter six right. starts. All right. So uh, what happens is King Darius, he appoints 120 satraps over the kingdom um, that they'd be in charge of the whole kingdom. Yes. And he really likes Daniel. He sees that Daniel's distinguishing himself. And the text says, Daniel 6, um, 3, that uh, Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and satraps because he possessed an extraordinary spirit and the king planned to appoint mm. him over the entire kingdom. Yeah. So Daniel, right. again, he's just he's got God's favor on him and he keeps getting put in these positions of authority. Well, this didn't go well with all the dudes who've been with uh, Darius for a while, yeah, <laughs> as, as you right. think, right? <laughs> so they get mad and they conspire a plan. Because they know Daniel worships uh, his God, and he's very devoted to his religion, and he's not going to stop worshiping his God. Yes, that's right. Okay, so 
these other guys get together, the other guys who kind of want to have the power, and they devise this plan against Daniel. They thought, we need to accuse him of something so he gets in trouble, and we can do that based on him following the law of his God. Because he's not going to waver from that. So it's interesting, the guys who don't like him know that his character is so good that he's going to continue to follow God. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I always thought that was interesting. All right, so uh, they come to the king, and they butter butter him up. They say, King Darius, live forever, right? (laughs) And then it says, I I, want to read this because this is fascinating. Daniel 6, 7 through 10. They say to the king, all the commissioners of the kingdom, the prefects, the satraps, the high officials, and the governors have consulted together that the king should establish a statute and enforce an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for 30 days shall be cast into the lion's den. Now, yeah. O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it may, be, uh, so that it may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document. That is the injunction. Now, when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house. Now in his roof chamber, he had windows open towards Jerusalem, and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God, as he had been doing previously. Okay, a lot going on here. Yeah. The trap is, King, listen. You're new on the scene. We just took over this empire. And in order to make sure everyone's loyal to you, let's make this edict that no one can ask requests, pray to a deity or another person or another priest for 30 days. They have to come to you. You could see why Darius would want to do this because he's seeing that, yeah, this will help Mm -hmm. me see who's loyal to me. Yeah. This isn't forever either. It's it's just for 30 days. Mm -hmm. Now, this past week, President Trump said, hey, we're going to take 30 days (laughs) and and continue social distancing. I think it's fascinating, right? Again, this isn't prophecy about our time or anything i just no, do think yeah, it's yeah. interesting they just had a contrast yeah, yeah they had a 30-day look edict. at it we have a 30-day edict it's really funny mm-hmm. right yeah so what do they say okay listen you can't pray and i love what daniel says uh what daniel did in verse 10 i love this mm. it says now when daniel knew that the document was signed whoa wait a second he knew exactly what he was doing mm-hmm it wasn't like he didn't know. It's not like he's, oh, this is a new rule. I was mm-hmm. working under Babylonian rules, not Persian rules. It says when he knew the king signed it, he didn't care. Yeah, yeah. And he kept worshiping God just as he'd been doing before. He kept praying to God three times a day as regular as before. Mm-hmm. And now if anybody out there has gone to you know Sunday school for any amount of time, you know what happens next. Yeah, that's right. These guys say, this guy's not following the rules. And that's why they made this edict in the first place. They wanted to get him in trouble. Yeah. And yeah. eventually he gets thrown into the lion's den as punishment, right? Mm-hmm. And God does a miracle. The lions don't eat him. And then he gets out and, and he gains favor back with the king. And it's really great. But 30-day edict to stop doing what he'd been doing in relationship with God. And he doesn't do it. Yeah. That's what you, right. What do you think about that, Tyler? Well, I think, well, for, for one, there's a few things here, because uh, something that is stated in this commission, basically, in this edict, was saying that uh, basically during this time, that it, who um, anyone who makes petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for 30 days shall be cast into the lion's den, right? Yeah. So basically it's saying, like, there is a contrast, obviously, I think, a little bit here to from back then to culture today, because we're not being asked to, like, worship a false idol or deity instead. Mm-hmm. However, it is still similar in the sense that it's saying, like, we have to, we are told that we can't be meeting as a group and practicing yeah. this yeah. religious idea, right? Right. So that becomes the question is yeah. assembling at a building to be the church together right. for a service, is that equivalent to Daniel, you have to stop praying to God? 30 yeah. days for yeah. both. It is. It is. Is it this is it a similar situation or is it a different situation and why? And we don't want to answer that yet. Yeah. But that's the question that mm-hmm. we need to answer, right? Correct. We yeah. have other examples, too, of um, of people who do this. I mean, in the very book of Daniel, right? Yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's right. right. They wouldn't bow down to the huge gold statue of Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. Civil disobedience. I love what they say, too. He's going to throw them in the furnace, right? I mean, he's going to burn them alive, right? Yeah. 
uh, and they say, listen, uh, our God can save us if he wants to. But even if he doesn't, we're still not obeying you. Yeah. But that's <laughs> the thing, too. That, right? You're seeing that they're they're all facing death in these points. Like, that's what Daniel was yes. facing in this point, and that's what they're facing. And obviously, if you're looking at it in a modern instance, uh, that pastor had was placed under arrest yeah. for today's society. So $500. Like, well, a little sure. different than it a It was a bail. Den. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Of course, way different. <laughs> yeah, a little different. Yeah. But still... Um, the point still stands. There's still a little bit of like a there's there's a consequence consequence to from the government based on your disobedience. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Daniel disobeys Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They won't bow down. They get thrown in the fiery furnace. God delivers them. Mm. Uh, but again, what they say, even if he doesn't, it's still the wrong thing to do. Yeah, right. And that would be maybe God's not going to save us in these situations, but it's still the right thing to do. We have another mm-hmm. interesting example uh, that comes from uh, Peter and John. You yes. remember in Acts 4, they're preaching and they're telling people about Jesus being raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is there are these, um, uh, uh, the Sanhedrin, the, the Pharisees, get upset with them because they're preaching that Jesus rose from the dead. And um, what happened to them was they got thrown in jail, right? Mm-hmm. And they get roughed up a little bit. And the, the Sanhedrin doesn't know what to do with them because they'd done a miracle, and uh, the miracle is legit. Like, they healed this guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And people in town are going, why are you throwing these guys out? What they did was amazing. What they did was awesome, right? Um, so they're, they're battling legitimate miracle, but mm-hmm. we don't agree with the message here, right? And they're in governmental authority under Rome, yeah. but they had authority. Um, and I love what Peter and John told them. Uh, Acts 4, uh, 18 through 20, it says, And when they'd summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or to teach at all in the name of Jesus. Yeah, that's a big deal. So there's the rule. Do not teach or speak in the name of Jesus. Verse 19, But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. Yeah. And they didn't. Mm -hmm. So, okay, they make a good point. Should we obey God or should we obey you, the authorities over us? Yeah. When when faced with the choice of disobeying God and obeying the authorities or obeying the, the uh, yeah, disobeying yeah, God yeah, and right. obeying or authorities vice versa. or vice versa, we should always, what they're saying is, we should always choose to obey God. Uh, and then they hmm. did. Yeah, yeah, you see that. Like, okay, so again, COVID-19, here we are, coronavirus, stay at home. We ask that you don't meet together. Yeah. How does this play into our situation? Yeah, Tyler? that is the question, right? Yeah. Um, so I think when we think about these things, uh, first off, you got you got to think about this situation in particular, right? Yes. And what the government's doing. Well, for, for starters, they're not asking us to bow down and worship a false idol. They're not. They're not asking have, us to ask, stop praying. Yes, they're not asking us to stop praying. And they're not asking us to disband as a church, right? And they're not asking us to stop preaching Jesus' name. No, they're not. So, right? so they're not asking us to do that. We don't have a scenario in the New Testament where a government asked the church to stop meeting for a little bit because there was a virus going around. Yes. We don't because, have that situation. Because that's just such, this is just such a weird scenario. It is a weird scenario. Yeah, yeah. So how do we equate what Scripture says with don't stop assembling, obey your authorities, and then we have examples of civil disobedience. The question right. we got to ask is when... Is it okay for us as Christians to disobey the law of the land mm. and serve God? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I that there's that. there's two scenarios where we should disobey. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong. If you as a listener or viewer think up another scenario, um, l- let us know because I really would like to know. But I thought about this for yeah, a while. Right. Um, and I think that there's two situations. So mm-hmm. you think about Nazi Germany. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the church and a lot of Christians did disobey <laughs> the the law of the land, yes, right? Yes, that is right. Now, a lot didn't. Mm. A lot of the church didn't, which was a huge problem, but some did, and they should have. Mm-hmm. What was their scenario, though? What was the, what was the, what was the situation going on? Mm. Jews yeah. getting killed, right? That's, that's the thing. Getting put into ghettos yeah. and then getting shipped off to concentration camps. And, and yeah. like Nebuchadnezzar, thrown into furnaces. Yeah, evil being conducted basically yeah. in front of them and then they're being told they have to comply 
Yes. Yeah, that's... And don't do anything about this. Don't do anything mm-hmm. to stop this. I think that the first situation where we as Christians are obligated to disobey the government is when an immoral act is being forced on us. Yes. When we are forced to partake in an immoral act. Yes, and I, I think that qualifies as like what the Nazis were doing. Yep. But that also qualifies as we're being forced to worship a false idol. Yeah, exactly. Because that's Shadrach, an immoral Meshach, act. And Abednego, yeah. yeah. They're saying uh, like so being told we have to bow down and worship a false god. Yep. That's that an, immoral is an immoral act. Because it breaks what? The, the, Ten, the Commandments. Ten Commandments. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So it's immoral because it's breaking right. God's law. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that would make sense, right? I would agree. Uh, if, if a government was pushing, you, you know, incest, like everyone has to have incestuous relationships, we should disobey, yeah. right? If the government was pushing polygamy, we should disobey. Mm-hmm. If the government was saying you have to murder three people a year, we should, no, I'm not doing those things, yeah, right? Yeah, right. So I think that's the first situation when immoral acts are being forced upon mm-hmm. us. The second reason I think we should disobey the government it would be a scenario where they are forcing the church to stop functioning mm. as the church. Yeah. Right? To stop functioning as the church. So the question we need to think about or ask is what are the functions of the church? Yeah. I think that that's the core question there yeah. and to finding out the solution to this. So, I mean, obviously, we, we talked about this a little bit before, but the core function of the church is to gather as a community, right? Sure, that's one of the yeah one, one of, of the them. functions. That's I think yeah. I think that the things. So when we talk about functions, we're talking about what is the church supposed to do? Yes, right. What Correct. are we? Because it's not a building, right? The church are Christians. We're, when we're talking about the church, we're talking about people who are the body of Christ. Yes, and when I when I meant gathers community, I meant I meant to connect. That's the point. Like because yeah. we're meant to to engage with each other as yeah. believers, right? Yeah. I think so, and I, right. I think I think that the engagement fosters parts of the function though and so Mm -hmm. this is what i would say i believe there are four functions of the church Mm, yes number one we're supposed because you remember what does jesus tell his disciples to do make well yeah yeah make disciples go make disciples (laughs) baptize teach them all i command you Mm -hmm. the great commission right yeah that's that's kind of our marching orders so okay what are we supposed to do in that one of the things we're supposed to do is evangelize Mm -hmm. right we're supposed to evangelize we're supposed to tell people the gospel and that's what uh, Peter and John were doing. Yeah, that's and they were, right. So that's interesting. They were being told to stop functioning as the church, stop spreading the gospel. And they said, sorry, we just can't do that. <laughs> Why would they say that? But Because they're direct, that would be directly disobeying God. Directly disobeying, yeah. Directly, yeah. And, and that's, that's the whole point here. That's a, and that's a good point. Like One of the core functions of the church mm-hmm. is to go and make disciples. Yes. So I, either I follow what the Sanhedrin says, mm-hmm. or I directly disobey the great great commission that Jesus left me with. Yes, that's right. I'm going to go with Jesus on this one, (laughs) right? And that's what they did. That's good. That's what they said. So we can't, okay, so one of the functions of the church is evangelism. Another function of the church is equipping the saints for ministry, Mm, right? Scripture talks about this. Um, And that means we are um, helping each other to prepare to do the Great Commission Mm -hmm. and to love your neighbor as yourself in a Great Commandment way. So the equipping is teaching, discipling, right? Mm. Encouraging, pushing, allowing opportunities to do ministry. Um, Equipping saints for ministry is another function of the church. The third function is encouraging each other. And I think that's where you're getting back to. Like, we need to be in fellowship with one another. Yes. We need to encourage each other. We need to, you know, Scripture says, spur one another on to good works. Yes, that's right. And then j- just having people that are there, too, to just check up on you, see how you're doing, yeah. and, like, just support you in or general. Or even, like, be an accountability for you. Yeah, that or too. Or even call you out on your sin. Yeah. That's yeah. an encouragement, That's right. right. That, I mean, so we— yeah, there's so much that Christian community mm. is vital because you can't mm. be a, a lone ranger Christian. No, you can't. Yeah, because you, you you're to gonna make mistakes, people. and you need people who have an outside perspective who can pour into your life and tell you what's going on. Absolutely, Tyler. Like I, yes, and you need other mm. people that love you enough to call you out on your stupidity. Yeah, and that's people that are other than just your immediate family. Oh yeah, you need you need outsiders. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. you do. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, I'm making that point of clarification because there's a lot of people. Um, who who think you know like like if you live in like a family 
structure where you have other people in the, like the home with you holding you accountable that that counts and you're good but it, it's a different it, relationship no it is yeah, a different it's relationship. very different yeah and so it, it, during this time of isolation and stuff too it's like a matter of finding that encouragement and how does that function as a church and thinking through those yeah ways? yeah so we're supposed to evangelize. Yes, evangelize we're supposed to equip the saints for ministry we're supposed to encourage one another uh, and I would say part of encouraging is bearing one another's burdens, weep with those who weep, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is, um, just to keep it the E theme, exaltation or yes. worship. We're supposed to worship God, mm. right? Uh, and that doesn't just mean through songs, right? We worship through songs for sure, but we worship God with our minds. We worship yeah. God with our deeds. We worship God by obedience. We, yeah, or we like, can worship in a lot of ways. Yeah, like through prayer, like Daniel. Yeah. And, and like like that was his... W- main method of worship was the three times a day prayer. And so, yeah, they're just these ways that we can exalt God. That is one of the core things that the church needs to do. Well, and and even going, you know, thinking through um, what Jesus said to the woman at the well, remember in Mm. John four, she says, where's the, where's the right location? Yeah. Where's the right location? Because the Jews say it's, it's in Jerusalem on the temple mount. But our fathers, the Samaritans, say <laughs> right, it's here. Yeah. Where is the where? Think about this. Where is the right place to gather? And Jesus says, "Listen, the Jews are right, mm-hmm. but there's coming a day where it's not about gathering on this mountain or that mountain. It's about worshiping in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. So location doesn't matter, but worshiping in spirit and in truth does matter. Yeah, that's right? right. Evangelism, uh, equipping the saints for ministry, encouraging one another, and uh, worshiping God. And again, worship, I think, is is study. Um, uh, encouraging, equipping, I think, is discipleship and, and instruction and biblical teaching and yeah, all of that right. stuff, right? So, so these are the four functions of the church. But throughout time, um, the, the functions have remained the same, but how we do it changes. Mm. Like uh, stained glass windows. Oh, yeah. Really cool, right? Beautiful. But one of the reasons they were developed and used in the church was because people were illiterate and they they couldn't read the Bible. Yeah, that's right. And so they were doing it to play out biblical scenarios and scenes yes. so, you could, so you could learn through that way, see through the art, the yes, gospel being Yes, you shared. could learn mm-hmm. the stories through the stained glass windows mm-hmm. because it was pictorial, right? Yeah. It, it, and people could learn that way without having to read. Beautiful. So do we use stained glass windows for that today? No, because we're in a very literate culture. Right, yeah. Right? Uh, but we, what do we use? Well, we use Bible app. Yeah. And we Bible use heaven. YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And, so, and websites and social media. Sure. Like yeah, uh, lots of different methods now you know, that we use. At one point, the, the cathedrals in Europe were a new thing. Yeah, that's you know true. the early church used to meet in houses. Well, what's right? Mm-hmm. Is it right to meet in a house? Is it right to meet in a, in a cathedral? Well, neither is right and neither is wrong. They're just different. Yeah, that's correct. And then, and, or like like a lot of churches today, do you meet in a gymnasium? It's like you know, sure. like gymnasium, what's sanctuary, the, yeah. outside in a field, in a tent, in a hut. Right, right. I, I was in Rwanda last year, and we met in a, t- a tin roofed building. And when it yeah. rained, you couldn't hear anything because it was so loud, you know? Yeah. Well, is that wrong? Well, it's that's the wrong question. There isn't a right or wrong on location. Yeah, that And that's correct. what Jesus was saying to the woman at the well. So now when we think about this, then there, there's a distinction mm-hmm. between the function of the church, the four E's, mm-hmm. and the forms that it takes and how it changes. The form is always changing yeah. to yeah. be appropriate and to be relevant to the culture it's in. That's correct. But the functions shouldn't ever change. Yeah. And I think that if you look throughout Christian history, there's always been the church, the body of Christ, doing the four functions. That's correct. Yeah. Whether it was sitting in pews or standing in fields. We sit in air conditioning now. They didn't used to do that. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you think just like a few decades ago, like like the modern church that we have today, it Mm -hmm. wasn't all like uh, electric guitars and like fog machines and stuff. No, they were hymns. It it was hymns. Yeah. And it was, you you would sit in like places like a cathedral or even like old traditional style Baptist church or wherever you went to church, like how they have... The, the like like the pews lined old up old style to us old style to new us. style to people who lived in the 1500s yes, you're correct and that's the thing <laughs> and that's always going to be changing because always. the cultural uh, um, aspects really play into how the church should function 
Yeah, well, to the yeah to the forms to the form it, right yes to how we go about performing the functions yes that's, that's the key. So whether you sit in chairs at church or in pews or whether you I mean to be honest you sit in beanbag chairs you sit on the ground youth group mm. rooms have couches it doesn't matter no but are you being taught the word of God are you evangelizing are you encourage one another are you worshiping. That's mm. what the church is supposed to function as. That's what the body of Christ is supposed to do. It doesn't matter if you're doing it in a grass hut. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you dance as part of worship. It doesn't matter if you stand stoic and you're the, yeah, you know, right, they say right. the, chosen fro- the frozen chosen. Yeah. <laughs> it do- are you worshiping? Are you evangelizing? Are you mm. encouraging? Are you equipping? That's the question, you know, because the form's always going to change. And this is what's beautiful about it the gospel is eternal. Yeah. The church of Jesus is an eternal entity that he, he, he created, right? The gospel message, the movement of Jesus Christ, the, the saving that he brought into our existence is an eternal thing, and eternal things are always relevant. Mm. But how we take that eternal truth to the culture is always shifting and changing. Yeah, I would agree to that. And, I, and the question becomes, too, Robbie, is can we do that by sitting at home and doing it online. Well, I think that's the right question to ask is, are we being asked to do an immoral thing by mm. not assembling together as the church, getting together in a mass group? I don't know if it's immoral. I would say no. Yeah, I don't think it's immoral. Yeah, yeah, because we got to think. The, the whole reason that the government's asking the church to do this is so that way we're not possibly infecting those who could die from a disease. Yeah, so, okay, so now let's think about what right? you just said. The reasoning behind it, whether it's flawed or not, whether right, because right. you know there's always conspiracy theorists out there. Sure, sure. This is a real thing, and there's real people dying. Yeah, and yeah, as right. Christians, we need to care about life and the sanctity of life, and that means all life. Mm. And we're not for people getting diseases and dying yeah, prematurely. Yeah. So, they're asking us to stay at home for a time because we want to preserve life. Mm. That's not an immoral act. That's a moral act. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's right. That is. So that they're is. not asking us to do anything crazy. What what the government I, the way I view this is it's it's no more immoral than them asking us to stop at red lights. Yes. The reason that, we stop at mm-hmm. a red light is because we care about human beings' life and we don't want to jeopardize it. Yeah, that's right. And mm-hmm. that's why we get in trouble when we don't because you are putting others in danger. I yeah. think that that's what's going on with this situation. So is it a moral act? No. 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 Are they asking us to stop functioning as the church? That's the question we need to look into. Right, right. And I, I think short answer is no. I don't think mm-hmm. that's true at all. Because the thing is, um, you see, I mean, even for our church, but uh, tons of churches all across the nation are uh, still meeting, but they're doing it whether it's like online or... Yeah in video chats or like a live stream and like uh, there's you're able to do that at home and still communicate with people and you're still able to function in these four different ways as yes. a church body yes can we evangelize yes we can we, yes we can you, you, you yeah. know what's crazy tyler is there's this onslaught of all these services on facebook now that didn't used to be there mm. and we can share it and be evangelizing Yes, you're be, absolutely be right. Sharing good news with people, mm-hmm. right? So that there's there's even a more opportunity to do it in this way. Now, what I think about a lot is, you know, Facebook's not going to last forever. Do you know that? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, do you remember Blockbuster Video? Gone, right? <laughs> you know, Netflix isn't going to last forever. No, it's there's going to be new. There's going to be different. There's going to be trends. Yeah, technology changes all the time. It does. Yeah, but Christians mm-hmm. should always be utilizing the technology of the time to leverage it for the gospel. Yes. And that's what I think we have an opportunity to do here. And we had an opportunity to do it with technology prior oh, to, yeah, to right. being forced to stay at home. But um, can we not function as the church when we stay at home? Can we not function as the church? Uh, no, we can evangelize. Mm. Can we encourage yeah. each other? Yeah. yeah. Text, <laughs> yes, we can. call, Skype, Zoom, Facebook Live. Yes, you can <laughs> encourage each other, right? You know what you could do even, Tyler? And this sounds this may sound crazy to a lot of our listeners. You could get out this thing. It's called paper. <laughs> and they make these other things called pens or pencils. I've never seen this before. It's very, it's very interesting technology. We'll call it vintage technology. <laughs> 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 and you could write a letter. 
yeah, to somebody yeah. and mail it and they'll get it and that would be an encouragement to them. Can we encourage each other? Yes. Can we teach the Bible? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we can. Can we worship God when we're not all assembled together in the same physical location? Yes. And, and I think we have been doing that. That's I the thing. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. Can we do the functions of the church and obey the government in this uh, stay-at-home mandate? Yes, I absolutely think we can. I think we can too. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. You, you got to look at to the, the intention behind why the government's doing this. Yes. The, the intention is no one's asking churches to disband. Nope. They're, they're not saying that religious organizations of any kind should break up and not be functioning <clears throat> in these ways, right? They're not telling us we can't teach scripture. Yes, that's correct. They're not telling us anything like that. They're, yep. they're, they're not forcing us to do an immoral act. Mm-hmm. So, so in, if they're not forcing us to do either any of those things, then, and the real intention behind this is to protect life, people yes. who are in danger and at yep. risk. And to stop the spread. And to stop the spread. I think that that's actually a moral thing in this case. I think so case. too. Preserving it, it, life yeah, is always yeah. moral. Well, and the other thing I mm-hmm. think about this is what they are asking us to do mm. isn't to stop functioning as the church. It's to change the form of the church for yeah. a short amount of time. That's all they're asking. Change the form of the church for a short amount of yes. time. Yes, yes. And honestly, I think... If you're putting lives at risk and you're disobeying the government authorities by still going out and having church service during this time, yeah, I think in a way that that kind of actually reflects around and turns it into an immoral thing. Yeah, well, it's a bad testimony, number one. It is, yeah, because you're you're basically saying I don't care about other people. Mm. When when the God you say you worship told you to love your neighbor as yourself, yeah, that's correct, right? Uh, it is interesting. Love God with everything you have. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? He's, the second is like the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. On these two things are written the whole law. Mm. The whole law hangs on those two things. So you you can love God by loving his creation, loving the people he's made. Mm. Uh, so, And again, it, they're not saying you can't pray. They're not saying you can't read the Bible. They're not saying you can't preach the Bible. Yeah, right. None of that stuff. So we can mm. function 100% as the church. They're just asking us to change the form for a short amount of time in order to love our neighbor as ourself. Mm. And yeah. people are bucking the system. And that makes me think of why. What would possess a Christian to say, no, I'm doing this? And the truth of it is, Tyler, I think it gets down to the same reason why people Mm, hold on so tightly to any form or tradition. And it's because their preference trumps loving their neighbor. Yeah. yeah. How many times, and and I'm sure out there, you know, to our viewers, you've seen of or heard of... um, people holding on to forms at church instead of worrying about the function, right? And mm. it becomes my preference for music style. Yes, that's... What I want in lighting technique. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want an organ. No, I need... And, and it goes both ways. It's not just people wanting old school style. It's people it's, wanting new yeah, school. And saying, yeah. No, I need a drum machine. I need this. I need all these effects. I like to have a show. Listen, church isn't about you. And your preferences. Yeah. It's about worshiping God, and it's about evangelizing the lost, and it's about equipping the saints, and it's about encouraging others. Mm, yeah. And if we're focused on loving our neighbor as ourself, which includes our Christian neighbor and our non-Christian neighbor, then church isn't about my preferences. Church is about how can I contribute to what's going on here? Yes. How, what part of the yeah. body am I, and how do I fit in? And so arguing over carpet color music style, <laughs> you know, wall paint, yeah, all right. these stupid things that churches argue and split over. It's because people are holding tightly to the form when really we need to be open-handed with the forms, but we got to hold tightly to the functions. Yeah. That's so right. that's what I think is going on here is people who won't let their tradition or their schedules or, or their patterns be disrupted. Yeah. It, it's, it's sad. And so it's, it's ego. It's, mm-hmm. it's selfish. It yeah, is selfish. Yeah. And I think that we need to love people enough to say, you know what? My preferences um, aren't number one. Mm, yeah. I'm not number one. <laughs> yeah. And th- that's the thing you got to think about. What we're really sacrificing here are preferences. Yes. And that's really it. That is it. We're sacrificing comfort and preferences to potentially save lives here. 
And I would do that every day of the week. Yeah, yeah. If those are the options I'm given. Right, right. I will. I, I, I should say, listen, I will give up my wants and desires. I mean, didn't Jesus say <laughs> to give up our lives? Didn't he say, love those who persecute you? Didn't he? I mean, so this yeah, isn't even, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm giving up you know, my life or I'm being persecuted in yeah, order you're to not... love those people. It's nothing like yeah, that. Yeah. This is a pretty, it's a pretty low bar. It's pretty easy it to really do. It really is. I mean, the thing is, and you got to think, this is just a flip side of it too, just of what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing is like churches that technically can still meet in very small groups too. Sure. That's another thing that's been happening. Like I, I've heard of people that have groups in like, like of like five to 10 people. Cause I think the, yeah. the most States are saying like, it's safe if under, you keep it yeah. ten and under. Yep. So I know some people are doing it that way, or yep. like, um, or, or j- j- like just the the video call and everything, the ways that we're going about it, like mm-hmm. in general, like we're still able to meet and function as a church. Yeah. And so uh, to to say that like you're like like that 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 you can't do that to save people's lives and to mm-hmm. help prevent people from getting infected by this virus, I, I think that that's. That that's very selfish, and it becomes a big ego issue. It does, and so and, and I completely agree with you, Robbie. I think it's just something that uh, that as the church we should be um, we should be moving forward and helping helping out those around us and needed by loving mm-hmm. our neighbor and not spreading the infection. Yes, and and, and that's something. Well, and one yeah. of the, the worst things about it too is that the people who are, are continuing to meet, they'll mm. they'll. They set it up like, we're the real Christians. We are going to serve God no matter what. When they forget that the God they're serving gave up all of his rights to come here and gave up his position in heaven and gave up the glories of heaven and gave up the worship of angels to be scorned and made fun of by humans. He gave up everything that was his right. It It was. It was his right to be in that position he was in and to be worshipped and to be enthroned. And that's who Jesus was. But he gave up his rights to do something greater. And that was to love us enough to show grace. Mm, And I think a lot of these people who say, in the name of the Lord, I'm going to continue to do this and we're the real ones serving. No, you're not. Because the God you serve gave up his rights in order to do something greater, which is give grace Mm. to people through love. Can we love people enough to give up our rights? I think we should. Yeah. I think we should, and I think we can because we're enabled by that same guy. We're indwelt by that same person and the power of the resurrection to go out and to live lives that reflect who he was, and that's the type of stuff that he did. Yeah. So I think that's a great. So should the church stop meeting right now in this situation in 2020 with the COVID-19 virus? Should we stop assembling together in mass meetings? I think the short answer is yes. I'd agree with you. I think it's yes. In order to love our neighbors well, we definitely should. Yeah. I'm glad we worked that out. Yeah, me too. And all under (laughs) an hour. I know. It's great. It's great. And (laughs) and that's the thing too. Uh, I mean, this is Christ's culture and coffee, and we mm-hmm. want to stay relevant on what's happening in the culture. Yes, and we want to address these issues as they come. And so that's why, obviously, like we said to um, you guys, as we were starting this series on talking about coronavirus and how the church be reacting, we weren't planning on doing this. Obviously. No, this wasn't the plan. Yeah, yeah, this is something that just obviously we just thought we felt you know we we need to be relevant to the culture and what the church is facing today. Yes, and so we just hope that this podcast uh, in particular has been an encouragement to you, and uh, just that uh, you've been able to really take the time to think these things over, um, I would encourage you, uh, go out and talk to your church friends and family and talk like people who are in the church and, uh, discuss this topic with them, mm-hmm. uh, see what their thoughts are and, uh, share some of these passages that we shared. Uh, you can feel free to send this podcast to someone, yeah. um, who you think would benefit in listening to it. And then, um, and then if you didn't hear the podcast from last week, uh, I would definitely make sure you go back and listen to that because we kind of just touched on uh, the whole coronavirus situation in general and hoarding mm-hmm. and what it's like to be loving your neighbor in this situation. Well, and, and I think these situations yeah. too, like I would encourage all of us, think outside the box. Yeah, Like yeah. One, one of the things that human beings are created with uh, is creativity mm, because yeah. we are made in the image of God, remember? And he's very creative. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. we are creative. Think outside the box. and Okay, how can I encourage people? Like we're all sitting at home. You know what you could do? Again, this is old school. People love cookies. 
Oh, yeah. Make a whole bunch of cookies and then just cookie bomb people. Say, hey, you know, make a little card. Hey, the cookie monster came to your house and knock on the door and then get get the heck out of there, leaving (laughs) a box of cookies. Like, that's awesome, you know? There's so many things we can do to love people. Handwritten notes, uh, a phone call to someone you haven't talked to in a long time. We text so much and it's so informal. It's so impersonal, right? Give them a phone call. Give them a FaceTime message. Take time to be intentional. There's so many creative things mm, we could yeah. do. And I'm I'm pretty interested in seeing after all of this is over, what things we dreamt up, what new ways of being the church we found yeah, that yeah. will actually carry over into the next phase well, crazy. of Christianity. Yeah, you're seeing that happen now. I mean, like, mm-hmm. that's the thing. I've never seen anything like this where all of a sudden all church—I mean, like, sure— Churches for a long time now have been doing live streams, right? Yeah, and well, some and some like people that. were against it, but now they're for it. Yeah, well, it's because they don't have a choice. That's <laughs> I know, the thing, right? And so it's like, and so doing this right now, it's just it's so cool because we're seeing the church come together in mm-hmm. a new way, um, be, being creative yes. with the situation that's at hand, and yep. and still finding a way to function as a church. And it's it's just great. And we're you seeing know what, it happen. You know, one thing yeah. that I think's been really great about it too is mm. I've been encouraged by getting to watch other churches services yeah like people who haven't been doing this now i can i can watch yeah and i can see what my friend's doing over in north phoenix Mm -hmm. and what my friend's doing in scottsdale buckeye all over the place it's awesome to see oh man and it that has been an encouragement to me to see what other believers are doing and what their church services are like and listening to the word of god being taught by different people Mm. it's just and you could do that before you could go right right but it's it's different now there's much more of it yeah and on top of that i'm also seeing like our church has been doing this thing where uh um, anytime someone like oh, during Sunday worship, uh, w- who's watching the video basically of the service, anytime that someone shares a picture or image on Facebook of them engaging in it or a video or something, it, th- our church has been putting that on their Facebook or Instagram story. Oh yeah. And I, I like that a lot because I- I've been going through that and I'd see it and you, I recognize names of people who like their social media accounts and they're watching sharing, and they're watching you, it yeah. and it makes you feel like there's that sense of community. Like you're not just watching this in isolation at your home. Like you have other people who are like-minded with you who are watching the same thing and engaging in the same activity as you Mm -hmm. in isolation. Dare dare I say, worshiping with you in spirit and in truth. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) And you feel that sense of like connection through the Holy Spirit, right? And just this whole thing. And so uh, basically, bottom line, all all, all I think we're getting at here is that it's just been amazing to see the church adapt and make these changes in a creative way that still keeps us connected together and function and as continue, a church. Yeah, continuing to function mm, as a yeah. church. I think it's awesome. So yeah, and so thank you so much again, uh, just for being here with us today on Christ Culture and Coffee. Um, and before you go, make sure that you uh, go onto our YouTube, like we said, and subscribe mm-hmm. if you aren't already. Uh, give us a like on our videos, and then uh, follow us on every single platform that we have available we've got yeah we're out there on everything well except actually we're not on twitter we're not and you know what i'm okay with that i don't like it no <laughs> i don't like i don't think twitter, we've ever so. addressed that on the podcast yeah. but yeah we're not on twitter just because uh yeah you know things there's a lot of trolls on twitter i'll just say yeah, that i don't like it at all so yeah if, if you've but, been waiting for uh us to get on there <laughs> you're gonna have to keep waiting so. until yeah. you know maybe our preferences change based on yeah, the maybe. cultural scenario maybe that's a form we never want to use who knows i mean yeah, we'll, we'll see we'll see but Bottom line, thank you so much for being with us today. And yeah. also, one last thing before we go. For those of you who want to be on Christ Culture and Coffee Insiders, mm-hmm. thank you. We want you there. Yes. However, that we're getting a lot of requests from people that um, that are leaving the questions blank. And yeah, we ask, hey, yeah. have you uh, left us a review on iTunes? And people are saying no, <laughs> no. And a didn't answer. Well, listen, if you don't leave us a review on iTunes or on Facebook, then we can't let you be a part of the group. That's the one question. That's the one thing we ask of you to do. Yeah. That's the value exchange. You can be a part of the group if you take... Uh, 30 seconds and write yes, us a review. It's so easy. Now, yeah. now I know that a lot of people don't have iTunes and that's a common thing that we're sure. reading a lot. Uh, so that's why we give you the option. If you go and you just leave us a quick rating on Facebook, then that's it. That's and all that we counts ask. And we'll approve you to be a part of the community. Yes. And so. you want to be a part of this community because
because it's super cool. We have a lot of engaging topics. Um, there's still at the top, uh, those of you who are kind of newer to the podcaster, to the insiders group, uh, mm -hmm. we have pinned on the insiders group page a special podcast that we made just for insiders. Um, and on top of that, we also just have regular discussion with people that's outside of our other social media discussions yeah. uh, with insiders because your insiders are special to us. And we, yeah. it's just people who are more engaged, who want to be a part of something. And it's cool because people are encouraging and supporting one another in different ways on there. It is cool. And yeah, we just, well, you don't want to miss being a part of that group. And we might, again... This isn't a, hey, we promise or anything. Right, right. But we'll probably do some Instagram live stuff for insiders. Oh, yeah. Um, and have Q&A and have times of discussion and interaction. Yeah. And so, yeah, you definitely want to get signed up on our Facebook Christ Culture and Coffee Insiders group. So you can check that out. Um, it's in the show notes. You can just click. Yes. Take you there. Right. You can ask to be a part of it. And then we're going to need you to leave a review. But we really love for you to be a part of that special group of people. It's just awesome. Yeah, yeah. And well, thank you again so much for being with us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. Yes. Uh, we're super excited for uh, what God is doing with the podcast, and we can't wait to see you next time. Yep, see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.